You're listening to Checkpoint Chatpoint, the live Q&A podcast from Checkpoint Church. I'm Nerd Pastor Nate, and I'm here to talk to you about whatever we want to talk about today. Feel free to drop some questions in the chat. We'll tackle them after we tackle our question of the day. Uh, first off, uh, we'll, we'll try to answer as many as we can within the hour, so feel free to drop any cues that you might want aid over in that chat bar for sure. We will get that tackled just as quickly as we can, to say the least. But let's go ahead and start with our question of the day. So our question of the day, first off, I did want to let everybody know we do have a poll going. Uh, I would love for you to go and take our poll. Let us know what you think about that question. What is your plan with the PlayStation 5? Our question of the day is, how about that PS5 showcase, huh? How about that, huh? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about our thoughts. Let's talk about what we think uh, and tell you a little bit about my background with PlayStation and uh, maybe uh, maybe a little sneak peek, uh, not a so sneak peek, but a little uh, a little um, news about my top ten PlayStation games of all time, and maybe why those are my favorite PlayStation games of all time. So, without any more stalling and talking and going back and forth, uh, let's just get into it, right? Let's just dive in deep and talk about what we're going to talk about today. So, like I said, we're talking about the PS Five. If you missed. The mega huge awesome announcement yesterday. What are you doing? Should have watched it. It was so good and it wasn't that long. Well, actually, it wasn't that good. It, it was okay at best, but it was exciting to finally get that price nailed down and finalized. Um, there were some big announcements, and then there were some a lot of small announcements that weren't quite as exciting. If you watched the Nintendo Switch Direct this morning, you'll know that it was similarly disappointing. Um, there's something about you know these these directs and all these things that they're doing. Some of them are awesome. Some of them are. <laughs> less than awesome. Uh, but regardless, I will watch every single one of them and I will get into every single one of them. So first off the cold, hard facts, let's talk about just the, the real facts of the matter. Uh, the big thing that everybody wanted to know, which of course they saved for the very end of the show was the big news price. How much is the new PS five going to cost? They have been asking this and wanting this, you know, this question forever. Finally, they got it. The price was, $399, four big ones for the discless version, or $499, five big ones if you want that sweet, sweet disk drive. So here's the thing already. I mean, that, so that, that price is, the disk drive price is great because 500 that's the same cost as the Xbox Series X. They lined up just right. Now, the word on the street was that Sony was holding off announcing um, because they wanted to kind of match the Xbox Series S without the disk drive. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't. They didn't match the price. <laughs> they went 100 bucks more. So you can get the Xbox Series S right at, at, at 299 I'm pretty sure, which is what a Switch is, which is crazy. Or you can get the PS5 discless uh, for 399 for a whole hundo more, which I think I think a lot of people probably saw coming. I don't, I don't think any of us really, and maybe this is just me, you know, speaking out here at a turn. I don't think anybody was really expecting the Xbox series S to be as inexpensive as it was. Uh, I think 300 is, is pretty incredible for this generation. Um, you know, I was looking back, there've, there've been, so everybody's done their own little write-ups about this and their thoughts on the PlayStation and the big announcements and all that kind of stuff. And I was looking back at past consoles and I, I realized, I think it was the PS3. No, PS3 was real expensive. The PS2 
was the last console they had that cost two ninety nine at launch. So that's pretty crazy. That's pretty wild that they that they backed off that much. And the thing about consoles for me is that it feels like they never really back off that price. I mean, it's it's pretty hard and true. Uh, it holds pretty well. The Switch, uh, I finally broke down and bought a Switch with the help of my loving wife. Um, but it took me a long time because I was like, oh, well, maybe they'll do a good Black Friday deal. And they never did a Black Friday deal. Even this year, I doubt they'll do a Black Friday deal. The Switch never, they never mark it down a dime. All they'll ever do is be like, mm, you get a free copy of Mario Kart 8. You know, the game that came out on the Wii U. You get a free copy of that. Oh, well, come on. You know, give me something that I can actually uh, dig my teeth into. But they don't. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harass them too much for that. I will say I'm very interested in this whole world of discless. Um, I personally I, I dig it. I think digital is a good way to go. I have no problem with digital. Uh, it's less clutter. But in case you guys can't tell by my backdrop here, uh, I have no problem collecting things. I have no problem with bookshelves. I have no problem with game cases. I really like them a lot. And so uh, it's gonna be hard for me to let go of the game collection aspect of it. And it's going to be difficult to deal with storage. Uh, uh, the internal storage is SSD, and it's 825 gigabytes on the PS5. That's just not enough. <laughs> I mean, I really can't understand how they could possibly justify a next-gen console not having a terabyte. I, I literally... so. For a checkpoint, I wanted a, a hard drive specifically for our stuff so that I can save backups of everything. And I went and got a, a terabyte hard drive the other day. It was $47. That's incredible. I remember my first terabyte drive was like $125. Like it was like three times the price at least. Absolutely insane that they would manage to cut the price that bad. But, I, you know, I... I guess they do what they got to do and they figure it out one step at a time. But man, that blew me away. Uh, $47 for a terabyte and they can't invest in a terabyte SSD. Now I know obviously SSD is not $47, but nonetheless storage space, they, they need more. They just need more. They just, they just, they just need more. I don't know what more I can say. They just do. And they don't have it. And I think that's, a shame. I think they're going to get in trouble for that one because I think that it was needed. It was necessary. It's time for more storage. That's probably my biggest complaint. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a lot about um, these components and these kind of things, but we can go through and read off what everything is. Uh, pretty much, they're comparable. Uh, if you want to compare the Xbox Series X and the PS5, it says the CPU, they both have 8X Zen 2 cores at 3.86 hertz whereas uh, the CPU of PS5 is 8X Zen 2 cores at 3.5 gigahertz instead of 3.8 gigahertz. Um, so that's, I mean, obviously, right? I mean, literally, that's 0.3 gigahertz difference. So I guess there you go. That's a difference. Uh, the Xbox Series X GPU is 12 T-flops, uh, 52 CUs at 1.825 gigahertz, and a custom RDNA 2. The GPU for the PS5 is 10.28, so that's, you know, one and a half, a little over one and a half less T-flops. 36 CUs, that's much less, at 2.23 gigahertz. So they're 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 running a little bit quicker, um, but with less capacity. So it's interesting, very interesting. Memory, their RAM is basically the same. Um, it doesn't say for the Xbox Series X any kind of bit ratio. PlayStation 5 is 256-bit. 
Uh, memory bandwidth, it says 10 gigabytes at 560, 6 gigabytes at 336, whereas the memory bandwidth of the PS5 is just a plain old 448. So kind of cutting the mid- middle there uh, without doing kind of this up and down. It's just kind of clean and even. They're both coming on the 4K uh, Blu-ray drive, of course. Uh, internal storage of the Xbox Series X is one terabyte, and the PS5 is... 825, like I mentioned earlier, they're both SSDs. Honestly, I'm curious, you know, and looking at a bigger breakdown and seeing if it's actually, if it's actually a one terabyte in the Xbox Series X, or if they're it's the exact same and there's just game space taking that up, and PlayStation Five is just going ahead and telling you that that space is taken up. But still, even then, 175 gigabytes, assuming it would be a one terabyte, 175 gigabytes is a lot for um, that kind of stuff. And then expandable storage, it says one terabyte expansion card in the Xbox Series X and an NVMe SSD slot on the PS5. So that's big news. That means I can't just plug in my old, you know, uh, my old trustworthy one. I have to I have to get theirs or do something that they want me to do. Let's see. We got our results. I don't know if any of you took the poll or not. Um, just me. I want the physical copy. Personally, I want the physical with the disc. Um, and maybe that's just me. I don't know. I, I'm I'm down to be proven wrong there, but that's just kind of where I'm sitting right now. I think that I want the physical version. However, I will say while I want the physical version, I want the disc drive. I do not care to have it this year. I know a lot of people went ahead and pre-ordered and more power to you. I know it was a bit of a headache. And so I, you know, good for you if you managed to snag yourself a PS5 pre-order, but I got to be honest with you. I don't have any intention on pre-ordering. I don't have any intention on getting it this year. Um, maybe next holiday season, maybe. Um, I've never been one that really bites the bullet right from the get go. I'm not like, uh, trying to hustle and get the next new thing. That's just never been my personality, but, uh, especially with PlayStation. I mean, you know, PlayStation is going to be the one with exclusives. They're going to be the ones making exclusive deals. And, um, even with their exclusive deals, they're going to make sure that, you're going to work across generations at least for a year. Uh, so anything that comes out for PS5 this holiday season is going to come out on PS4. I just guarantee it. So there's really no need, right? I mean, there's there's no sense in going ahead and picking that up yet. It's not going to get you anywhere. You know, maybe maybe I'm just dead wrong. I'm, I'm losing a bunch of frames for some reason. This happened the other day, too. I think we're okay. But we were definitely losing them there for a second. Um, I don't even remember where I was now. Anyway... I'm just saying I'm not going to pre-order it. I don't see any need to pre-order it. It's not going to get me anywhere. Uh, and I just, it's not something that I'm super into. So maybe, it, maybe you can convince me otherwise. And that can be a, a cue that you guys can ask me in the latter half of the show. If you've got any questions or if you just want to tell me any, you know, that you pre-ordered it, I'd love to know who pre-ordered it and who got, got through and where you got through. I guess if I was going to pre-order it, I'd probably go through Amazon. That's normally what I go through. They're delivering, um, my Mario 3d all-stars tomorrow. So I like Amazon. All right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. So PS5, interesting, interesting. I, I still, I'm just not convinced. I will get the PS5. I, I told, I was talking to my wife about this last night and, you know, she's, she's not much of a video gamer. She doesn't care for that kind of thing, but you know, I don't really see any sense in buying the next Xbox because I have a gaming PC. And so there's just really no, no real sense in me getting it unless I just wanted it or unless I wanted to test it out or see what it could do or any of those kind of things. And and even then I just, eh. I will say now the most tempting thing about the Xbox is that game pass, but still uh, I have the PC game pass. 
I'm good. I've got the game pass. I just, there's really no need. There's really no point in me investing in an Xbox series X. And I know they know that. And I think that they really don't mind that I would be saying that. I mean, I think that I'm the general consumer here and they're kind of fine with it. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future generations here with our consoles, we just continue expanding out with options, uh, especially in Microsoft and just get people the full gambit of price range, let them get what they want, uh, and really focus more on software. Um, that's what they're doing. I mean, they're focusing on game development more than anything. Uh, but they do they, they put out an impressive machine. I'm not saying the Xbox Series X isn't impressive. Clearly, it even has a lot of components that are better than the PS5. So I'm not trying to knock on their you know investment in this console. I'm just saying I think that all of us are probably aware that consoles aren't necessarily the way of the future. I think that we're going to not take a full step back for a long time. Uh, but I, I just don't know if consoles are going to be as necessary um, for real gaming experiences, I think we're becoming more of a PC driven world. Everybody's got these, you know, they got these computers in their pockets, right. That we'll be able to do the X cloud and stuff like that. And so eh, I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, but I, I think that I will definitely be holding off because I don't see any purpose in getting one right now. Um, you know, there are a couple games that I want for sure, but I have no concern that the games that I want are coming out for PS4. And so I'll just, I'll stay solid with my, uh, with my PS4 with, without any problems. So with that, if you have any other questions that you want to ask about the PS5 and my thoughts on that, feel free to type those in the chat. But I thought I would let you guys in on my top 10 PS games, PlayStation games in general of all time. So first, I feel like before I get into this, because I don't want, <laughs> I don't want you guys trouncing on me and telling me that I have bad opinions. You're probably right. My opinions probably are bad on some of these games. Um, I want this. I want you to be totally aware that whenever I say this is my top 10 PlayStation games of all time so far, I don't mean this is the top 10 PlayStation games. If I were to make that kind of list, uh, I don't really feel like I'm educated enough because I've not played enough of them. There are a lot of games that are apparently the greatest games of all time that I've just not, I've genuinely not played and uh, I'd like to play them, but I haven't. And so I'm not educated enough to make that kind of call, but I am educated enough to tell you my subjective, my personal top 10 PlayStation games of all time. Another caveat, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to dive deep into this one so that you guys really aren't able to judge me. <laughs> Even if you will, I'm going to try to make sure you can't. So here's my PlayStation adventure, right? So I was, I was born in 94. So I kind of came in a little a little late to the game. Whenever I was old enough to understand video games, PS1 had already been out for a while. And so my first PlayStation console was the PS2. We actually never owned a PlayStation in my house. The uh, PlayStation 1, that is. Uh, I've played some of the PlayStation 1 games, certainly. But I wouldn't describe that as being a nostalgia factor to me. My nostalgia, my nostalgia games are PS2 games. For a while... That was like the only console that I had. I had the N64 and the PS2 for the longest time. The next console I got after that would have been the GameCube. And then I've kind of stayed Nintendo fanboy for a while until maybe six years ago, I got my first Xbox. I never even had the OG Xbox. I had the Xbox 360 like in 2014. And then I upgraded to an Xbox One. And then most recently I got rid of the Xbox One and got a PS4. So I had a PS2. That was my childhood. Then I got the PS4 last year. So 
I don't. I never had a PS3. I never experienced the PS3. I never experienced the Xbox. Uh, I really didn't experience much of the Xbox 360 before I got rid of it. Um, but I've played a lot of the games. So the reason that I state all of this at the upfront, the reason why I'm I'm putting all of this, you know, the cart before the horse. Uh, is to tell you that these games are not going to be very PS3 heavy. They're going to come from two big pools, the PS2 and the PS4 um, that I've recently experienced. And again, uh, a lot of these games are probably not necessarily exclusives, but they're just games that I had for PlayStation. There are a lot of games that some of you that, that are listening might think are synonymous with the PlayStation name, but if they're not exclusives, there's a pretty likely chance that I played them on PC. That was my main method of gaming for many years. And so, like, for instance, some of my games that would mess up this list big time that aren't on this list, but would be if I'd played them on PlayStation, Fallout? Fallout would trounce pretty much any game. Fallout's like one of my number one games. Fallout 3 and 4 are like my favorite games of all time. Uh, Nonary Games, that's uh, 999, 9 Persons, 9 Doors, 9 Hours. Um those would be real high on the list. Danganronpa, real high on the list. Pretty much any visual novel, I didn't play on the PlayStation. I played on my PC. Um, that includes games like Life is Strange. Some of you may picture Life is Strange when you think of PlayStation. Not me. I think of my computer with Life is Strange. Same with the Arkham series. Now, that's a hard one uh, that I would definitely put on here, but pretty much the entirety of the Arkham collection uh, would absolutely go to the top of my list, but I didn't play them on the PlayStation. So what did I play on the PlayStation? Like I said, PS2 games and some recent PS4 games. So here, with all of that, <laughs> all of that caveat at the forefront, here are my top 10 PlayStation games of all time so far. Again, spoiler warning. This is my list, my subjective list. You may really disagree with these options, but this is just to let you know a little bit more about me and who I am as a person. So here is number 10, right? The number 10 game uh, is Katamari Damashi. Maybe you like the Katamari series, maybe not, but man, do I have just these powerful memories of playing Katamari, trying to figure out those dual uh, joysticks and trying to figure out how to push that ball, the weird music, the weird characters, everything was so strange. You could play and play and play. It was a game that, one of those games, it's not very often that you get a game like this, in my opinion, where you lose and you cannot wait to try again. You're not like, oh, gotta try again. No, you're like, I cannot wait to get back in there and go at it again. Uh, this game always kept me guessing. Always entertained me. Uh, many hours logged into this one. I loved the Katamari series. I still do. I would be tickle pink if they came out with a new game. I don't know what I would do with myself. I got it on the Switch the second it came out. Um, I love the Prince. I love playing those games. Number 10 is a hard Katamari Damashi for sure. Uh, number 9, this is a series. Uh, the Guitar Hero series. I think that the Guitar Hero series and, and even Rock Band get kind of a bad rap because they kind of fell out of out of out of respect. People kind of stopped playing them. They got unpopular. They just weren't around as much. People weren't playing them as often, and that's fine and well. Uh, that makes sense why that happened. But you can't knock it. Guitar Hero is iconic. Um, they set up a, a generation. They set up a whole genre of gaming. They set up uh, arcade booths. They set up, uh, you know, arcades across the country. They changed the way we think of things. They changed the way we think of ergonomics in gaming. They changed the way we think of controllers in gaming. 
Guitar Hero was revolutionary. And so that was something that, without a doubt, I logged many, many hours into. Not only that, but it also expanded my love of music. Uh, I honestly learned about songs from Guitar Hero. Like, I knew Weezer. Um, but I remember playing, I think it was rock band. They had a Weezer song in that I absolutely fell in love with. Uh, my name is Jonas or something like that. And it was like, I, I, I don't know where I would have discovered these songs if it weren't for this series. So you got to give it up, you know, whether they're, whether it's as, as revolutionary now as it was back then, or whether things have come a long way or dance and rhythm games have come a long way and changed a lot and they no longer look like that. And obviously they're not making them now. Um, you, you, you just can't knock. That was PlayStation 2's absolute gem. Number eight. This game is a game that I logged so many hours in. I know all the cheat codes, and I would about bet money on it that they're still up here somewhere. They're still up here in my head somewhere. I could, If I logged on, if I, if I fired up my PS2, I guarantee you I'd be able to remember all those cheat codes. You press the L2 and the R2 button. You might even press all four, R1, L2. All four, uh, the Sims, the classic Sims, the OG Sims, man, I can't even describe to you the amount of hours that I would have spent in the sandbox mode designing a house. So many hours. Why did I care so much about what my stupid house looked like? Oh, and the wallpaper had to be perfect and everything had to be just right. And of course, every house has got to have a hot tub. And you got to have that, uh, that, you know, Benihana table. I, I loved logging all of my life into the Sims. I would always name them, you know, different things. Sometimes if I was watching an anime, I'd name them after that anime characters. If I was reading a book, I'd name them after the book. Uh, if I'd name them after my friends, uh, which always got weird. If I had to marry one of them, that was an un- unfortunate and uncomfortable scenario in which like you, you know, you have like a friend zone with a girl and you're like, Oh, I married you in the Sims. And they're like, Oh, okay. You know, stay away from me, you know? Uh, and so, I honestly have fallen out of love a little bit with the Sims and that's a bummer. Uh, Sims three just got me out of the game for some reason, but Sims one and Sims two, I mean, really I can only describe how many hours I've just sat there and played those games and loved on those games and really just enjoyed my time with them. So gotta be number eight, the Sims number seven shadow of the Colossus. Oh, I mean, how do you even, uh, this is a game that I should not like. I don't really consider myself much of like a skill-based gamer. I don't consider myself, I don't, I've never really liked boss fights in games. And this is literally a game of only boss fights. But for some reason, the way this game went, the way I played it, the way it panned out, uh, the story is just so good. The art is so interesting. It feels so good. Uh, It's a winner on all fronts where you just, you want to experience it. You want to adventure in it again and again. Uh, it almost, honestly, maybe this is, you know, some of you would agree with me here, maybe maybe not, but Shadow of the Colossus for me, the reason I think I liked it more than I thought I would is because it's almost more of a puzzle game. Uh, you know, none of the bosses, I mean, some of the bosses are pretty challenging, but none of the bosses are impossible or like feel like you just have to get lucky or the timing just has to be exactly right. It felt more like you were solving a puzzle. Felt more like you were just trying to line things up exactly right uh, and learn things exactly the way that they need to be learned. And it would get easier each time because you'd learn a little bit more each time. And so that, that's that got to go up there for me. 
it's an icon for a reason, right? I mean, this is a PlayStation hit. It's a classic. It's a legend. It was remade and remastered. And who knows? It might very well be again because it's just that good. Has to go with this time on the list. Number six. This is one that I've really only started to dabble in, but uh, it just goes. I love visual novels and I love a story tree. Man, do I love a story tree. I love getting multiple options. I love them going right. I love them going wrong. So Detroit Become Human, that beast of a game, that absolute overwhelming storytelling masterpiece, got to go high on the list. First off, who doesn't love the idea of the, you know, ghost in the shell of that absolutely machine-based story? Robots having feelings, Westworld kind of thing. Uh, it feels cinematic. It feels like a uh, you're you're watching a TV show. It feels like you're experiencing a movie. It feels like you're experiencing something deeper than the lore and story based of other video games. Uh, that's what sells me on a game. If you can make me feel like I'm not even playing a game, but like I'm experiencing a world, you got me. You absolutely win. Uh, and so it's got to go up there. Detroit Become Human got to be on the list right there at number six. Number five, this is one I actually just finished up really recently and super enjoyed playing it and logging hours in it, but I'd heard about it forever, and so I certainly wanted to get it. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man for the PS4, the most recent edition. Uh, they just announced, well, not just announced, but they just released a new trailer for Miles Morales, which I'm super interested in. I'm for sure going to get it because the Spider-Man game was so stinking fun. It felt so good to be Spider-Man. It felt so good to make Spider-Man stronger. It felt so good to experience that story. Uh, it didn't feel like every story ever of Spider-Man. It felt unique. It felt different. In, and then just, you know, pepperings of the story that we know and love. It was all good. You can't go wrong. Spider-Man... Uh, superheroes, you know, I, I would argue is the best Spider-Man game I've ever played personally. Um, and there are some good ones out there. Don't get me wrong. There's some good Spider-Man games, but this was, this was one that for sure took the cake. Might be my favorite superhero game ever, depending on what you define as a superhero. Uh, uh, Arkham, Arkham and Spider-Man are pretty doggone close. I think ba- Batman's got to win just because I like Batman more than I like Spider-Man, but they are, they are just about neck and neck uh, for maybe my favorite superhero game of all time. Number four. Got to go with Tilu. Got to go with The Last of Us. Um, I, I I will talk more about this in a minute. I still haven't played Tilu 2. I pretty much already had it all spoiled for me, but I still want to experience it because that's what makes this game number four material. It is a game that must be experienced. It's a game that, just like Detroit Become Human, it's a story that has to be heard. It's a story that has to be felt. It's a world that draws you in. It's a, a thing that expands before you and teaches you things and you learn things and experience things. And you, I just can't say enough good things about it. Uh, it's got the lore. It's got the backing. It's famous for a reason. It's got the encouragement behind it from fans and creators and developers and everybody in the industry. Everybody knows the last of us. Everybody knows that it's good. It's, it's a no brainer, right? I mean, this is just a game that just plays itself right out into your hands. Uh, it's an absolute must have on every gaming shelf ever. You got to have it. You got to play it. You're silly. You're ridiculous if you've not played this game. You got to get into it. Got to enjoy it. Last of Us, for sure. Number four. I think it would probably be number one if I didn't have nostalgia and the weeb inside of me. Because one game that overtook it was my number three choice. Got to be Persona 5. Man, do I love Persona. And honestly, I could probably put the whole Persona series on here because the more and more I'm playing into Persona 4 and 3 and, you know, the OG ones, Persona's so good. It just, it scratches all the right itches for me. It gets exactly where I need. It tells the story that I like. It's in a way that I like. It's turn-based, which is my favorite. You know, a lot of people don't like turn-based. I get that. I love turn-based. And so it 
it, it scratches that itch. It's got the art style that's just perfect. I love it. It's got characters that I love. Perfect. I love it. It's got cosplayable things. It's got a huge lore. It's got an anime. It's got a manga. I, it just, oh, it just couldn't be better. It just couldn't be better. I could play this game, and I am playing this game again because I just got the Royal, and I will play it all again. I will, I will 100% it again because I just love this game that much. You just can't go wrong with Persona 5. And that's why it's worked its way up, even above Tilu. Even though I love The Last of Us, should be my number one. It's not because of the weeb within that just loves Persona and just loves... I, I mean, I, like I said, if I was able to put my visual novels on here, they'd probably start trouncing some of those other games too. But the one that I've experienced on the PlayStation, because it's exclusive, would be Persona 5 for sure. Number two. We're getting down to brass tacks. We're in this final three. Number two is one that I bet you weren't expecting. I bet it's one that you wouldn't put this high on the list. You might not even put it on your list. You might put it on your bad list, as a matter of fact. But doggone it, it's my number two. And that's Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi series. Mm, Man, you want to talk about hours logged in a game. I don't even want to go back and look and see how many hours I logged into the Budokai Tenkaichi series together. This series was my childhood. Uh, I played through these stories, you know, campaigns, hours and hours on end. Every friend that I had come over, you better believe we were playing co-op. You better believe we were playing versus. You better believe we were going into Budokai Tenkaichi. We played DBZ every sleepover. I would bring my GameCube or my PS2 or wherever I had the game. I would bring it over to my friend's house and plug it into their TV and I'd be like, let's because we love these games. We got to play them. We got to get into them. We got to unlock. I actually, I was going to say we got to unlock all the characters. These are the games that I remember. I haven't, I, I did this most recently with the new smash, but it's one of those games where you're like, all right, well, I'm unlocking all the characters tonight and you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna stay up until you unlock all of the characters on the roster. Like that's overkill. First off, that's insane. Don't do that. I haven't, I don't do it very often. I think, like I said, the last time I did it was with Smash and uh, exhausting to say the least. But whenever you just binge a game to unlock that whole roster, man, that feels good. And Budokai Tenkaichi was the last one that really did that for me. It felt so good. I can remember, this is one of those games, this doesn't happen very often either. Um, You know, I'll I'll skim through Game Informer. I'll read through Game Informer. Uh, but whenever a Game Informer talked about the next installment in Dragon Ball Z, oh, I would devour every last word. I needed to know everything that they were saying about this game. I needed to know every new feature. You mean that I can take my Wii U and my nunchuck and I can do a Kamehameha? Are you kidding me? You know, while it was never quite as fun on the Wii as it was on the PS2, mmm you know I still loved it and you know I still got him and you know I still tried and I felt that Kamehameha every single time. It's so good. It's so good. I I could wax poetic about this game, these this game series rather, in particular for hours on end, but I'm not going to torture you guys with that. <laughs> but Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi series for sure got that nostalgia factor, got that likability factor, got those hours logged and I think it's unique to me. Uh, maybe some of you out there are diehards like I am. You also like this game that much, but I just have a feeling that this doesn't end up on people's top 10 list very often. So it's on mine. So maybe you'll consider playing it. Probably not. Maybe though. Who knows? That brings us to number one, the last one on the list. What is my number one PlayStation game of all time? 
Please don't hate me. It's Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X. So I should say, I should put some more parameters around this. This was my first Final Fantasy game I ever experienced. Um, I had played Kingdom Hearts, but I had never played a Final Fantasy game before. I first picked up Final Fantasy X. I thought it looked interesting. I uh, remembered years ago, you know, before I picked up this game, um, I remembered uh, Adam Sessler on G4 making fun of uh, Titus's laugh or Titus. I really prefer Titus, but I know Titus is the proper pronunciation, but it's just, I don't like it. Anyway, uh, I remember them making fun of his laugh and the laughing scene with Yuna. And uh, that came back whenever I actually played the game, but it would not have stopped me from playing this game and experiencing this game. Final Fantasy X will forever hold a special place in my brain. I think like you have like a maximum capacity of Final Fantasy that your brain can like handle in a receptacle. And the first Final Fantasy game that you play always sticks itself in there. And Final Fantasy X is in there for me. I mean, I can never get it out. I think of the scenes. I think of the stories. I imagine the cut scenes. I imagine who would I have used and why did I never give Kamari a chance? <laughs> or, or why did I never actually really use these characters that I should have used? Uh, I just loved these characters. I loved this storytelling. I loved the story itself. Um, I, you know, was emotional with it. I, I felt with these characters, I experienced this world. I didn't mind, you know, where it tied me off being a PK and being so intimately involved with religion. I liked its commentary on religion. I thought it was powerful and moving and evocative of, of some of the deeper troubles behind religion. And it helped me understand my faith better. And it helped me understand who I was better. I liked these characters more than any characters I've ever liked. I love the storytelling and the art behind it, how they told it, how they broke it down, the flashbacks, the going across memories, uh, you know, it just doesn't get more perfect in my mind than Final Fantasy X. It, it stays in my brain as being the best Final Fantasy game. I know that some of you will disagree with that, and that's okay. A lot of people, Final Fantasy VII was their first game, and it's forever in their mind. Some people I know I hear Final Fantasy VIII and IX are also in their heads. Some, some people even like VI a whole heck of a lot. Not many of the newer games do I often hear that people really, really enjoy that much. I'd started 15 and I couldn't get very far. I got bored. Um, Final Fantasy X was really one of the last ones I think that did the real turn base, uh, which like I mentioned earlier, I love turn base gaming. And so this, this only helped there. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be my number one. Here's the thing. Here's how I know. Here's how I know this is my, my personal subjective number one PlayStation game. If I were to go right now and you were to tell me, go fire up a PlayStation game. Go, go plug in your PlayStation 2. It's sitting there in the closet. Go, go take it. Plug it into a TV. What are you playing first? I'm playing Final Fantasy X. I got to. That would have to be what I would play first if I played the PS2 again. If I busted it out again, I'd have to play it. I've got it on the Switch. I've got it on Steam. Um, I've started them both there and enjoyed starting them and getting into them. But never, I, I can never get as far as I did on that classic PS2. The story's just so real and so in there, so important to me. Uh, I got to go with it. One of these days, we'll do a breakdown. We'll do a deep dive on Final Fantasy X because it's just, it's in there. It's in my brain forever. It's cemented in there, never going anywhere. I love it. I absolutely love it. With that, folks, that is my top 10 list. My top 10 PS games of all time. 
my personal subjective list, remember, please don't hate me. Um, we are going to take a quick break. I do have a couple more things to talk about, um, but I want to get our ads in here real quick uh, so we can thank our sponsors. So let's go ahead and turn over to them for just a real quick minute, and then we will uh, see you guys back here with a few more thoughts on PlayStation, and feel free to type any questions that you might have in that chat. I'll be sure to answer them in the latter half of the show. With that, I will be right back. Stay with us. Oops, let me ask you a quick question. Do you like things? Do you like reading? Do you like watching? Do you like playing? I bet you like one of those three things, maybe all three. Well, you should join us for the Babylon podcast where you are the host. Every single Saturday, I make three recommendations, something you should be watching, something you should be playing, something you should be reading. And then you have up until the uh, upcoming Sunday after that to let me know your thoughts to send them into our voice message feature on anchor.fm slash checkpoint dash church and tell me why those things are either the best thing you've ever heard of or the absolute worst. I want your best opinions. I want everything you can throw at me. Let's make this Babylon something to remember. Again, that's Babylon, the podcast where you are the host here on the Checkpoint Church Hub. Let's get into it. All right, everybody, what's up? We are back once again. I'm going to throw up that chat point, take down the Undertale real quick. So uh, let's see. I did I did say that I have just a couple more thoughts on PlayStation, but feel free, you guys, type in the chat any questions that you might have. I'll be sure to get to them uh accordingly, but I want, I did want to say, so I mentioned a lot of games and I mentioned a lot about the fact that I haven't played a lot of games. Um, and so I wanted to let you guys in on some games that weren't even considered for this top 10 list to explain why <laughs> they're not on here. Uh, some games that are on my list that might be contenders, um, for this top 10 list. I've heard a lot of good things about ghost of Tsushima. And so I, I want it. I haven't got it yet. I'm going to get it. I'm going to try it. I've heard it's incredible. I want to experience it. Everybody seems to love it. I'd love to play it. Uh, I also picked up Control the other day, which I'd really like to play. Still haven't yet. Another legend that I haven't played but do have is Horizon Zero Dawn and God of War. I haven't played either of those. I got those when I bought the PS4. Would love to play them. Just haven't. Uh, the Last of Us 2, obviously, haven't played yet, uh, which is kind of sad. I've already got a lot of it spoiled, as I'm sure most of you have. I won't do that now. Um, but I still want to experience it because even with the spoilers, it's a game that deserves to be experienced. One game that I've heard from a lot of people that I should play that I haven't yet is the outer worlds. I will play this one because I love fallout. Um, and I've heard that it's a lot like the fallout in space. So I will try it, uh, especially with the cheekiness and the good writing and character building and everything. So I'm all about that. And then the Yakuza series, I would absolutely love to play. I think they seem right up my alley. They've just been so daunting to get into because there are so many of them. There's so many Yakuza games. I have I have Zero and I have Kiwami and Kiwami 2. Um, and so I could get into them, but man, there's just so many of them. <laughs> but they do look right up my alley and they're exactly the kind of thing that I would want to play. I'm sure I'll end up picking them up eventually. I just haven't quite yet. Uh, and then one more thing that we'll talk about uh, is games that I'm hyped for. Games that I'm super excited that are coming out that have been announced recently. There's this game called Chris Tales or Crystals. Uh, C-R-I-S-T-A-L-E-S. That game looks super up my alley. It's a loving nod to um, JRPGs, which if any of you played Octopath Traveler, um, that was incredible. I love that kind of style and I love the indie take on JRPGs. So maybe, maybe it'll be a great game. It looks interesting enough. Um, the art style I could take or leave, but I'm down. I'm down to try it. It's time travel based too. That's always a winner for me. Uh, another game that I'm obviously hyped for because everybody in the world 
has been hyped for it is Cyberpunk 2077. Definitely, I'm definitely going to play it. I'm definitely going to check it out. But I have to be honest, uh, and maybe you guys can push back on this because I'd love to be wrong. I'm starting to lose interest. Um, I don't know. I understand. I understand. I understand, I want to say, that games take time and that nobody expected 2020 to be what 2020 was. Uh, I trust CD Projekt Red more than anything. They're going to make a great game. I know it. I know it's going to be a great game. But the the psychology of my brain, and maybe of yours as well, uh, I just, I can't keep having it given and taken away. The more they give a date and then change the date to another date, that then changes to another date, that then changes to another, stop, stop. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter how long it takes. I mean, it's CD Projekt Red. We're going to play your game. We trust you. You make great games. You gotta just do it. You gotta just say, hey, the game is not coming out anytime soon. We're, we're, we're backing up and punting. We'll let you know when we're ready to announce a date. I know things don't exactly work like that in the industry. I get it. But, I mean, I would rather they say 2022 at this point. And just say, hey, you got two more years. Uh, and then release it next year if it's done. But instead of just continuing to tease us along, tease us along another month, another month, another month, and three months, another year, another month. Uh, yeah, I, I, people just can't handle that. They can't sustain it. Maybe that's just me. Maybe you can. Maybe it's just me that can't sustain it. But I'm just starting to lose interest. I'm starting to fall out of love with it. It still looks like a lot of fun. I still know I'm going to try it. Uh, and I definitely like everything about it. I like the creators, developers. It's just the process that we've been through uh, has not been great. And so I'm kind of losing interest, but I'm still hyped for it for now. Obviously, Keanu Reeves made me hyped for it as well. But I don't know, folks. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Like I said, maybe you're maybe you're different. Maybe you're still feeling that hype. Maybe you're still feeling that interest. But for me, I am on the other end of it at this point. Another game that I'm most hyped for, they announced it yesterday, is for sure Final Fantasy 16. Like I said, I didn't really get into Final Fantasy 15 that much, but it's Final Fantasy. Even if I don't end up really liking the game that much, I just enjoy the process of learning about Final Fantasy, watching somebody do a let's play of it, uh, you know, getting reactions of people that I respect their opinion on Final Fantasy, uh, all these different factors. It's just going to be a good time. Every time there's a new Final Fantasy game, I always enjoy it. They do it well. I feel like they tease us well. They prepare themselves well. Speaking of Cyberpunk kind of dropping the ball there, Final Fantasy always, in, in my opinion, does it really right. They, they, they do a good job. And then I've mentioned several times that the Arkham series is at the top of my list as always. And so the Gotham Knights game looks excellent. Looks right up my alley. Um, except for the fact that it's kind of, it's kind of co-op-ish. And I'm not normally into co-op games because I don't have many co's to op with. Does that make sense? Was that a real, did I say something offensive there? I don't know. So I don't know. That's kind of where I sit with this series. It's kind of where I sit with these games. And uh, I'm definitely excited for a lot of games. I haven't played a lot of games. I kind of have this not unique scenario, but I have the scenario that I've, that I've kind of lived my life with. And like I mentioned, I skipped a whole generation Right. I mean, I skipped the Xbox. I skipped the PS3. Um, I played a little bit of the Xbox 360, but even then I didn't really catch up. Um, I, I played Halo for the first time like four years ago. Like OG 
Halo for the first time ever. I watched my friends play it, but I had never personally played it myself. And so I'm playing a lot of catch up with a lot of games. And I kind of count that as a blessing as often as I do a curse, because uh, on some point, uh, I don't have quite as high expectations of some games. Like Persona, I'd never played the other Personas. And so Persona 5 is groundbreaking. Um, absolutely incredible. But maybe if you played Persona 4 and it's not that different, which it isn't that different, uh, maybe you weren't quite as excited with PS or Persona 5, but I was overwhelmed with joy on this game. Uh, and so anytime a game comes out of the water and blows me away with graphics or things like that, uh, it's incredible. It's more incredible than me than ever. Because even a game like Fallout that I know some people claims doesn't really look that great compared to other games... To me, it looks like realer than real life. And so it blows me away, all these games. And so I appreciate, you know, kind of where we where we come from and where we are and where we go with these games. And I in general just love it. I think I'm I'm becoming more and more of a PlayStation fanboy every day. I wish they would do more cross-platform stuff. I think it's a little disappointing that they don't do much cross-platform, but uh, you know, at the same time, I don't really play with that many people. I don't play that many games online, but games like Fall Guys and stuff like that, like that would be really nice um, to be able to play that. Granted, it's not even on Xbox at all yet, but to be able to cross-platform with other other consoles and other you know people across the internet sounds really nice, and it sounds like a thing they should be doing. I did see they did release their PlayStation Now collection for PS5 where you could play all these uh, PS4 games, and I really enjoy PS Now. I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I have PlayStation Plus, and so... I think those things are interesting. And I, I will say, whenever they announced that at the showcase yesterday, it looked very impressive. Uh, the games that they were offering really were quite an incredible collection. Some of which, you know, I got for free with my, not for free, with my PS4 whenever I bought it. But some of them I did not. And some of them I think are definitely um, still out there selling for a pretty penny. Uh, especially, you know, games like Resident Evil 7 and stuff like that. I mean, I know, granted, they're about to drop eight. And so there's that aspect of it. And, all that jazz, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I think the internet in general, it feels like approved of the PS5 showcase. I think I get that vibe. I don't hear too many people absolutely outraged about it. I think there are some aspects of it that people don't like. There are some people do like. I think more than anything, we're just glad to kind of have it out of the water. Right? We're no longer having to worry about it. We're no longer having to talk about it. PS5 price is out there, and now we just got to wait for November 12th. And uh, that date is sooner than I realized. I just looked at the at the calendar because I was like, oh, November 12th, that was what they said, wasn't it? And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's September. Are you kidding me? How can that even be? I mean, we are less than two months away from the PS5, which is, whew, that's crazy. That really is pretty wild. I mean, I, like I said, I have no intention of getting the PS5 yet. I will definitely hold off, wait for more exclusives and that kind of thing. I don't need the high fidelity. I don't need the highest fidelity. I don't need the great new thing. Um, I'm not one that is typically too wowed by graphics, but that is so soon. They waited so late to announce the price. They waited so late, but what do I know? I'm not in that business. I'm not in that industry. So maybe some of you know more than I do. And you know that that is, you know, kind of par for the course, but whew, that sounds wild to me. Now all we need is the Switch. All we got left is the Switch Pro. Once that Switch Pro gets confirmed and dropped, well, then we'll know way more. But as for now, afraid not. Afraid we just don't have that yet. And that's 
just the way Nintendo likes to roll it. They did their direct today, which some of you may have watched. There wasn't anything too, too exciting announced there. They did announce a pretty sweet little Ori in the uh, Will the Wisp and Ori in the Forest, whatever it is. I can't remember the name of the, the second Ori game. Uh, but they announced that the Ori collection was coming to the Switch, and they're doing like a special collector's edition through IM8 bit, and that looked nice. Uh, and if, so if you like Ori games, if you like that kind of challenging puzzle game, um, they're coming out, which is pretty exciting, I guess. They're doing two new Monster Hunter games. I think it was two new, wasn't it? Monster Hunter Stories 2, and then another in the Monster Hunter series. And they're com- I think they're coming out for Switch at launch, which is a pretty big deal. I think that's exciting. I'm I'm always excited to see the Switch, which I think is, is probably one of my favorite consoles ever. Anytime the Switch gets a version of a AAA title at launch, uh, I feel like Nintendo's finally like, starting to take steps in that direction. Like rather than just backporting, which by the way, Nintendo, where is Fallout? Why is Fallout not on Nintendo yet? Come on. But regardless, it'll happen, I hope, eventually. I hope we'll eventually get Fallout on the Switch. We don't yet. Uh, But we do have Skyrim. We do have other games like that. And so maybe they're on their way there. But the fact that they release a AAA title on the Switch at launch that's a pretty big deal which maybe i'm speaking out of turn here maybe monster hunter isn't actually triple a i don't know exactly who develops that one to be completely honest but i consider that to be a pretty big deal a pretty big game to have at launch i remember whenever monster hunter world came to switch it was like a big deal that it even came to switch so i'm excited for the switch i'm excited for what they're doing and i'm always excited for the next big thing that they've got coming and so you know i don't i don't really foresee i think the re- honestly Honestly, I think the reason I like the Switch so much is because uh, they're just incomparable. You know, it's never going to be in the same league. Not that the PS, PS5, PS4, PlayStation, and, you know, Xbox, Microsoft rivalry is a higher caliber. But it's a totally different, it's like they're playing a different game. It's a totally different ball field. And now that Switch has started accepting third-party games so much more frequently, uh, I think that we're only... They're, they're kind of like, nobody really knows what to expect from Nintendo. They're kind of like, ah, it's just Nintendo. I'm not going to worry about, you know, all this stuff. And so they're kind of just letting Nintendo scoop up all of these incredible games, all these incredible titles, and not really noticing that, like, Nintendo's kind of up in their ante and kind of coming for him. But, but even still, even if they do end up coming for him and end up kind of taking the reins somewhat on the AAA scene, I think that they're still... Just no chance of it becoming a Switch exclusive. Nintendo has their own exclusives, and they're just fine with that. I don't think they need really any out-of-party exclusives. They're pretty good on their own collection and just milking that cash cow for as long as they can, uh, which is probably forever. I mean, I think they could just forever be making the same games and the same franchises and never have any trouble. That was one thing that came up. I posted about this in the Facebook group, and some of you may have seen this, but... We did get a, a couple big announcements in the last Switch Direct. Wasn't it Switch Direct? Came out recently. When they announced Hyrule Warriors. And I just, I, I, I said what I said in that post, and I mean it now as well. They announced a Breath of the Wild Hyrule Warriors entry. And it's a prequel to Breath of the Wild in which you're experiencing that great war that happened 100 years before Breath of the Wild happens, before you wake up as Link. 
and I don't really like Dynasty Warrior uh, clones. I don't like them at all, if I'm being totally frank. I want to like them. I really do. I try to like them. I try really hard to like them. I've, I've got pretty much all of them. There are a few games that I love as much as Fire Emblem, and I had to get Fire Emblem Warriors, and I can't make it past like the third mission. I just get bored. I just don't have any interest. I don't know why. I don't know what the deal with, with me is in that game, but for some reason, the Warrior series, I just can't get into. I never have been able to, and there's something to it. There's something to those games that people people love them. People stick with them, and they make the Breath of the Wild prequel <laughs> based off of them. I love Breath of the Wild. It's one of the best Zelda games. And I can't, I cannot, I will not be able to play this prequel because I just cannot do Hyrule Warriors. Even if it's a unique story, even if it expands upon the story, I would so much sooner watch a Let's Player play through it than play through it myself because it just sounds miserable. Getting to go through that slog of hundreds of enemies and find the next checkpoint. Go find Zelda standing over by the castle wall. First, you got to take down 700 enemies then a little wall will drop down and then you can go get a chest and oh, don't forget, you've charged up your move so you can do the thing again. I'm like, I, I just have no interest. Uh, it's just the most boring form of combat to me and maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm, just, I'm not a hack and slash guy. And so for those of you that are, please produce this Let's Play so that I can watch you play this game and not have to play through the slog myself because it's undoubtedly popular and I just don't get it. It's just not my steez, if you will. But I do love Zelda. And even if Nintendo drops the ball in this kind of way and produces a game that I don't really enjoy, I'll always at least try or at least watch it or at least experience it because I love that Nintendo IP so much. I mean, they really can just do no wrong. One game that I'm most excited for for Switch coming out is Pikmin 3 Deluxe. That will be played on the channel, in case you didn't know. It's going to happen. We're going to be playing that on here as soon as it comes out. Probably, depending on mail, and I don't want to make this promise because here's the thing. I don't know about where you guys live, but mail delivery is real late in the day out here where I am. And so if mail delivers at a reasonable time, I will be on here tomorrow afternoon uh, showing you guys a sneak peek of 3D All-Stars. If it doesn't come in time, it will be here on Monday. And I'll do a stream on Monday and we'll play through some of Mario because I'm so excited. I'm so excited to play through it. I actually really enjoyed Galaxy. I don't know if any of you guys enjoyed that one. I know a lot of people really enjoyed Sunshine. My my reminiscence with Sunshine, I'll probably say this again whenever we play. Um, I never actually owned Sunshine. I played it collectively. I have probably played that game two hours worth. And it was always when we went to the Kmart, we would go to the Kmart and when we went to the Kmart, the gaming section of the Kmart back whenever I was growing up, they had a TV set up and they had a GameCube console set up in this kiosk. And one of the games that was on the demo disc or whatever was Super Mario Sunshine. And so I would go and stand there with this little controller that's lodged into a kiosk that's just got like a mechanical arm tube jutting out of the kiosk holding the controller in place. I would stand there while my parents shopped at the Kmart 
for 30 minutes or whatever. And I would play through as far as I could, which normally wasn't very often. I think I've taken down the little baby PD piranha plant that's covered in gross mud. I think I've defeated him like 17 times. I've never beaten any other boss in the game, but I've beaten that piranha plant like 17 times. And it was always a lot of fun. And so, you know, maybe this will be my first time actually getting to play through that game. Maybe. I don't know. Time will tell. But I definitely enjoy Mario. And uh, I wouldn't describe them as my favorite game series. I'm not a big... I'm okay with platforming. If I had to pick my favorite platformer, it'd probably be Banjo. So Mario's Mario's not up there necessarily with my platforming love. But I do have that nostalgia glasses. That's just the Mario 64 I'm going to play. I'm going to love. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be fun to see it on next-gen you know, graphics, see it on the Switch, see it a little bit remastered and updated. Although, I, I will say, I think the last time I played Super Mario 64 would have been on the DS. Wasn't that what the remaster was for? And um, I didn't make it very far. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that was just because it was on a smaller screen. Maybe it was because it was on a DS and it just didn't feel right. Uh, and it may not feel right in this one either, but I never got that far in in the 64 for the uh, DS. But I'm still excited, and if it comes soon enough, I'll show you guys a little sneak peek, and we'll play, do a little, do a do a quick little play, just a little hop on, a little surprise stream tomorrow afternoon. But no promises because who could really say? Uh, and all of you that are listening to the podcast, whenever you're listening, you have no idea when this is. <laughs> this is Thursday the seventeenth, so I'm talking about Friday the eighteenth. So uh, if it's Friday the eighteenth, or if it's after that you're listening, odds are I've either already streamed or I'm not going to stream, or you'll know by now. But either way, I'm excited for Mario. I'm excited for Nintendo. I'm excited for PS5. As they as they say every year, it's a great year to be a gamer, right? <laughs> every year is great for video games. We are in the golden age of video games. Congratulations. You're welcome. You have so much endless entertainment at your fingertips every single day, every single month, every single year. It's a great day to be a video gamer. So with that, folks, that has been Chat Point. I thank you so much for listening in. I thank you for your questions. I thank you for your support. I thank you for your beautiful selves. If you didn't get your question answered in this episode, be sure to join us next Thursday at noon on Twitch for another shot at your question. Be sure to give us a follow on Facebook at Checkpoint Church NC, Twitter at Checkpoint Nerd, and Instagram at Checkpoint Church. If you want more podcast content, be sure to subscribe to our Checkpoint Church podcast hub on your favorite podcast provider. And as always, we appreciate every five-star view we can get and we'll happily read them live on air as a shout out, thank you. With that, folks, this has been Chat Point. I have been your nerd pastor. And remember, if you haven't heard it yet today, God loves you. I love you. And you matter. Bye-bye.